This episode of Black and Yellow is sponsored by John Mark Collection, the all things custom headquarters and lifestyle brand. John Mark is an award-winning international clothing brand known for its custom fashion creations, but I've pivoted to customizing face masks during the pandemic, which is how we learned about the brand, because they made our face masks for the show. That's right, fam. We have merch now thanks to John Mark Collection, and we are thrilled. The process of getting the masks made was seamless, pun totally intended. I DM'd the company on Instagram, told them what I wanted the mask to look like, and emailed them a logo. They got back to me with fabric options and not one, but two design options. I okayed both, and the masks were in my mailbox a few days later. In total, the process was about 10 days from start to finish. Not only are the masks breathable and fashionable, but they are also super comfortable. They have adjustable straps for premium fit, are machine washable, and have a cotton layer backing with N95 infusion to keep you safe and protected. And every purchase of a face mask goes towards a good cause. A portion of the proceeds go toward aiding the homeless by providing them with everyday essentials and life necessities. If you want to customize face masks for your business or yourself, find them on Instagram at J-O-N-M-A-R-C underscore collection or at johnmarkcollection.com. That's J-O-N-M-A-R-C collection.com. When safety and style are mandatory, John Mark is necessary. This episode of Black and Yellow is sponsored by John Mark Collection, the all things custom headquarters and lifestyle brand. John Mark is an award winning international clothing brand known for its custom fashion creations. But I've pivoted to customizing face masks during the pandemic, which is how we learned about the brand because they made our custom face masks for the show. That's right, fam. We now have merch thanks to John Mark Collection, and we are thrilled. The process of getting the masks made was seamless, pun totally intended. I DM'd the company on Instagram, told them what I wanted the mask to look like, and emailed them a logo. They got back to me with fabric options and not one, but two design options. I okayed both, and the masks were in my mailbox a few days later. In total, the process was about 10 days from start to finish. Not only are the masks breathable and fashionable, but they are also super comfortable. They have adjustable straps for premium fit, are machine washable, and have a cotton layer backing with N95 infusion to keep you safe and protected. And every purchase of a face mask goes towards a good cause. A portion of the proceeds go towards aiding the homeless by providing them with everyday essentials and life necessities. If you want to customize face masks for your business or yourself, find them on Instagram at J-O-N-M-A-R-C underscore collection or at johnmarkcollection.com. That's J-O-N-M-A-R-C collection.com. When safety and style are mandatory, John Mark is necessary. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's Jacqueline. And Alana. And here's another episode of Black and Yellow for you guys. We survived, guys. We survived another month, and October is finally here. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a happy place to be, and it's kind of scary because that means that next month is the election, and, like, you know, I've I've got some feelings about that. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, wherever you are, weather temps are starting to drop. Jay and I are in Los Angeles, which is experiencing a bit of a 
a late onset heat wave which is uh, normal <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but all the pumpkin flavored things are rolling out like, fa- like fall smells seem to be permeating the air mm-hmm. and with the summer heat it doesn't feel like it's a perfect marriage it's yeah like, come on, like let's get to the chill in the air it's odd. um if you're in a place where leaves are changing all those gorgeous fall hues we are insanely jealous but mostly we're happy to have you back for another episode uh we are really excited about this month of shows ahead because we're tackling the theme of wellness all month long we're calling this month ohm october like ohm the sound the world makes um we'll be taking a look at different facets of what society tells us wellness is as well as take a deep dive into the wellness industry And for purposes of this month, we'll be examining four different types of wellness. Those types are fitness, beauty, well-being, and environment. I feel like that's important to state because I feel like wellness has a very general definition, but it's also Mm -hmm. one of those words that everyone has their own personal definition. Definitely. As it relates to, you know, like life and everyone's individual journeys uh, to becoming a happy and healthy whole person. Yeah, I think what really appealed to us about doing this month is the fact for as long as we've known each other, which is like almost like six years now. Yeah, yeah, I was doing that math last night too, yeah. (laughs) That's 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 like almost a decade. Yeah. Wow. It's almost like going through high school and college together. Two more years and we'll we'll have gone through two very significant schooling cycles. Yeah, and, and a lot has happened between those six years, just between yes. you and I and the world. Man. Um. Anyways, that's another. That's a, like a like <laughs> that's like an episode celebrating our friend anniversary. Um. <laughs> so we have we are very much on the opposite ends of the wellness spectrum. Alana is a wellness skeptic, like I said, mm. yin to my yang. <laughs> and I am a wellness enthusiast. You can say I'm all about the wellness industry. I've definitely been lured in by the wellness industry. <laughs> They've taken my money. Um, and we often don't disagree on much. So it was really exciting to kind of to really dive in and, you know, learn about each other and learn about what the wellness industry really entails and how we felt about it. Um, so there's lots of potential. Um, and <laughs> we wanted to um, talk, start talking about our experiences with wellness. So what's yours? So I will keep this brief. Because as you've just said, like, I'm a skeptic. My experience is not as vast as yours. Um, This episode actually is the one that I think I have the most, that resonates with me the most in terms of the wellness types that I just laid out. absolutely. This is the one that has always grabbed me. I think because it's not only wellness, but it's also like goal setting and goal attainment, Mm -hmm. which I think is also why I sometimes tend to think think of fitness as something that's less um wellness related wellness but it's e. abs- yeah but it's absolutely totally wellness um i had a personal trainer uh, three years of college wow um, yeah i loved it like i was that girl that was up at 7 a.m in the gym by 7 30 to make it to a 9 a.m class and loved it um but i think because i grew up here in los angeles i've always been naturally very skeptical of wellness whether it's like Mm. trendy eating new places (laughs) or ways of worshiping 
um, you know, things of a, a beauty brand that seems to quickly like take the world by storm. I'm always like, hmm, what's really going on here? Yeah. Um, but don't get it wrong. Like, don't get it twisted. I do love me a green juice. I haven't <laughs> been to my lo- my local juicery since all of this uh, began. But yeah, I would say that's pretty much the extent of my wellness um, experience. It's very oh, and you, much fitness. and you do you do buy eye cream. I do buy eye cream. God, yes, I do buy eye cream and it's not cheap. And, uh, you know, we are going to learn in an upcoming episode why expensive eye cream is not the best thing in the world. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the extent of my wellness experience. What about you? So uh, I am definitely the like you know, live good, feel good, think good, act good, be good, girl. <laughs> um, and so whether or not I have like really like, I think that's also naturally who I am based on mm-hmm. my experiences and what I've been through in a way, like always fighting for that. But I definitely have been like, yeah, that company is doing this or yeah, this is their mission or their mantra or their uh you know their goals and what they want to do and let me support this company let me buy their products let me you know spread the word and 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 maybe their their interests is not that right and i like i hadn't really thought about that fully until we had done these series of episodes with our guests which was really eye-opening and kind of like crushed some of my hopes and dreams um (laughs) but anyways it's good it's you know i am growing up um Ooh, so, learning in real time yeah i know right that's what that this year has been has been quite that um so yeah i've definitely been like that girl who you know meditates and and you know journals and you know like talk your feelings out and exercise it but i do would say this is the one episode that is the most like you and i because i think fitness for me and you has always been like the closest form of wellness to us like whether yeah. it is some sort of like meditation or therapy or like just part of who we are we grew up dancing um, so there's that as well yeah i think we're both very active and so if anything this is the one episode where where it was the most um you know true to our hearts yeah. in that sense um but yeah i i definitely i would i definitely wasn't so much into the 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 wellness um beauty side of it like i never mm. wore too much makeup um my mom never was like use this cream buy this cream like i i'm not, i don't even have like a facial routine like i just i don't i wear i put i put coconut oil and that's it um so you sound like lenny kravitz you and lenny kravitz <laughs> are like aging backwards go ahead girl so you know and because i think a lot of the priciness of the beauty mm-hmm. world i never was like i would rather spend my money on like a personal growth book or like you know not that like that that's a whole nother episode but um but yeah so i never got roped into the whole beauty side of of wellness um also because i was definitely late to the game in makeup like i'd never actually fully yeah. wore i never wore a, a lot of makeup i didn't know how to put eyeliner on until college so like i, I was a don't. yeah i was a, definitely a late bloomer um and and yeah so that's kind of been my experience um, yeah, I feel you on the makeup. I didn't get the makeup. I was not. Um, I feel like girls that are really good with makeup learned from mom or like mm, watch or had, mom get right. ready. Absolutely. Or maybe had like older siblings, of, you know, male or, just or like female gravitated towards like 
like glitter and like and yeah. experimenting yeah. with their face with really young. Yeah, like people that are good with makeup, I have always been very um uh 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 envious but yeah. good envious of yes. because people that can really like make that beat work damn yeah. go ahead like i'm always like that's a stone cold individual with a beat face of makeup on but i'm with you like i never got that training and i think <laughs> when you then come to beauty and you're like what are these prices what am, what exactly are you charging me for right hmm, hold on pause step ink? back yeah like, 80 dollars of feel ink you. now that being said like when Glossier was all the rage, I guess it still is. Um, yeah. I like tried to understand it. You know, like I bought a bomb.com. It was cool. It didn't change <laughs> Your the life. worlds for me. No. Um, or like their boy brow. Again, it was fine. I prefer benefits. Like, mm. I don't know. Those sorts of wellness brands that I think really are just of the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm always, I think there's a natural part of me as a human being that's like, everyone's doing that thing i don't want to be a follower absolutely same you know what i mean yeah yeah i think there's a i think that's a human thing to not feel like you're being easily sold on something Mm -hmm, i agree so in terms of fitness we're going to kick off this month with a conversation about personal training the fitness industry has always catered to a primarily white audience i don't think i am surprising anyone by saying that a byproduct of this is that it can have a tendency to be unaware or turn a blind eye to problems about race, inclusivity, socioeconomic factors that can affect access and intersectionality and gender. Uh, not to mention a lot of professionals working in the fitness industry tend to be white. When I say professionals, I'm talking about people like personal trainers, instructors, gym owners, but also fitness influencers and bloggers. Full spectrum professionals. Yeah, I, the gym also tends to be a place where people want to go and get away from the stresses of life. It's a place to focus on the fitness task at hand as opposed to think about the stresses of society. Uh, people yeah. want that, yeah. you know, people want that endorphin rush. Um, they want to, you know, decompress. Uh, and, and I think talking about issues like race and gender inequalities can be a buzzkill for some people. You know, you go there to feel good. You don't go there to like you know, see all the the holes in our in our in our lives. Um, And so when it comes to personal trainers, there's no shortage of white male and female personal trainers. There is a large number of black female and personal trainers as well. But the same cannot be said for Asian personal trainers. The numbers tend to be much, 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 much lower. And when we take We took a good look at Instagram (laughs) and the amount of fitness influencers, bloggers, and general muscle-bound types who clearly view the gym as second home. These people tend to be noticeably and mostly white and is also noticeably void of Asian people and, and, and YouTube. Like I went on YouTube to to also figure and I couldn't, I couldn't find many Asian girls. It was bizarre thank you for bringing up youtube because i absolutely did not mention them so Mm -hmm. thank you so much Mm -hmm. um i know that you did an experiment on social that we will get into during the interview um but we wanted to find out why there weren't more asian women in the personal training field we know asian women have banging bodies i want one but why are asian female personal trainers so difficult to find so we tracked one down 
And we Mm -hmm. asked her these questions and so many more. We loved chatting with our guest today. She is such a kick-ass woman. We think you guys are going to love hearing her insights on this topic as well. But before we do, let's put our money where our mouth is, shall we? Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. So, um... This one is dear to my heart. Um, We're talking about health and wellness. So who doesn't like to have fresh flowers Mm. in their home on a, on a Monday, on a Sunday for no reason. I, I love, 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 love fresh flowers. Um, So this young lady is uh, one of my best friends. I've known her for about 16 years. Um, she has been working as a florist since she was 19 years old. Uh, she's a super adorable, cute little Japanese girl. Um, I hope she hears this. Hi, Chelsea. Uh, and uh, after all these, after all this experience, she finally uh, decided to open her own floral design business. Mm. Um, and it, I think her 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 design comes just really like organically. At least that's what it feels like to me. Like she just it kind of just feels like she throws it all together so easily. Like she doesn't even have to like draw it out or anything. Again, um, another gift that some people just have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so what's amazing is that um, each one is made to order and. Each arrangement made to order is handcrafted by her, by hand. Mm. So she really does put her love and care into each bouquet. Um, You can email, direct message, text, um, or call to custom order. Um, She's based in San Diego, but I know when she has like bulk orders or I know she has family in LA, like she often does drive up and um, Mm. deliver orders. She like, you know, makes it all part of her route. Um, so she's called Yumi Bouquet, U-M-I Bouquet, um, dot com and on Instagram. Um, but check her out. She's, you know, she's a one woman female badass team and uh, she makes amazing, amazing and beautiful arrangements. I think she does weddings. She does all kinds of stuff. So your yeah. lead in for your spotlight. I felt like I could smell the fresh flowers. <laughs> like, oh, I miss that fresh flower smell, like perfuming a house. Yeah. And it's so it's so wonderful to have a friend who's a florist because I get like I I'll get, get fla- I get flowers from her on my birthday. Um I I paid her um to do my mom's Mother's Day bouquet and like she delivered it personally with a no. And like Ooh. it's just it's just so nice to know that like I'm helping on a friend. Um she knows my mom. She delivers it personally. Um, and she's just really, really good. She has an, an eye for this. And I'm so happy and grateful that she's, you know, finally, you know, has taken this on. So there you That's go, also guys. like a go-to gift on lock for, yeah. for any and all holidays. Mother's Day, Father's Day, graduation, birthday, Valentine's, like the whole thing. You have right. you always have a gift to get. And like Damn, you, you don't go to like Ralph's or like Costco and buy something with like a barcode yeah. or like <laughs> that clear plastic, you know, like flower thing. And it's like to get something that is so beautifully done and so mm-hmm. thoughtful without like any of that, like, you know, that 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 plastic bag that they use at the the, the thing. And it's just like, come on, like, come on, we, we can we can do better. <laughs> Y'all, Jackie hates grocery store flowers. And the amount of time that I have known her, I have never known this fact. So we are all learning together. I'm laughing I, so hard. I had no 
idea that you really did not fuck with grocery store flowers like that. Not I, that I would I, ever get them for you, but good to know. I've been spoiled. I've been spoiled. <laughs> um, okay. Well, you know what? You did flowers. We're mm-hmm. yin to yang because I did garden for reals. Oh my gosh, this always what? happens, you guys. Always, but I mean, it's it's wellness. Like you're right. Like fresh things growing out of the the earth. Like what's what's not to love? Mm-hmm. And I mean, gardening has been one of those go to pandemic activities since the yeah, quarantine began. For sure, I think my local Lowe's is still out of like the most common or most popular seats. Like still oh. out. And the nursery that's right down the street from me, I think it's called Plant Matter. They stay cracking all weekend long. Like they open up shop. I think they close at like four and they just stay busy. People want to beautify their space. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And because gardening is getting so popular and profitable (laughs) right now, you know, I had to find me a black owned cedar gardening company. And I found a great one. It's called Cocoa and Seed. Coco C O C O, not Coco C O C O A. Just wanted to make that distinction because she is, it's she's black, and you know, like Coco is brown, and like I've, I've seen that play on words before. Coco and Seed, no A. Um, Coco and Seed is a home goods brand specializing in nature-based products, especially edible plants, home decor, and planting kits. Coco and Seed specializes in indoor gardening. So that anyone, no matter what size space you live in, can grow their own plants. Uh, I love how this company really democratizes gardening and makes gardening less daunting to someone Mm. like me who was definitely born with a black thumb. Uh, And I also love that the company owned. I know. I know, Jackie, you're over there planting a full fucking vegetable garden. Your girl here gets a muddy seed. Okay, like please don't judge me i'm all i've never heard anyone say a black thumb as opposed to a green thumb that's great or like a my play is like a brown thumb because like because like shit doesn't grow when i try and garden it, except for i'm black so it was like a black thumb not a brown thumb. yeah Anyways. it's it's i got it i got it <laughs> you're funny um the company owner tashana is honest about not having a natural green thumb there you go again with the thumbs Um, Mm -hmm. But she found a way to make gardening work for her. She wants everyone to experience the joy of urban gardening. So she sells everything you need to make the gardening process sustainable, stylish, and low maintenance. Uh, She primarily sells hydroponic mason jar gardening kits so that you can have a stylish planter and also grow something delicious that you can eat. She's got uh, eco planters, various types of gardening kits, and of course, cocoa and seed swag like stickers and mugs. Go ahead, awesome. check out Cocoa and Seed. If you're looking to get into gardening and feel like, you know, you just couldn't find the right time to, or you just feel like you couldn't have, you don't have the right space, Cocoa and Seed makes it possible. Or if you have to send a gift to someone, reach out to Yumi Bouquet. Absolutely. Let's send the love of hortic- horticulture and botanicals yes. all around. Yes, yes. I know many people discovered, you know, and you found uh, joy or refound the joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, get into the wellness theme, y'all. This is what October is yeah. all about. Oh. Grow on with your best self. <laughs> Um, I will drop links to both of these companies in the show notes, but without further ado, let's get to our interview. We are super excited to speak to our next guest today. Her name is Michelle Cannon. She's a trainer, spin instructor, TRX coach, stride coach, 
nutrition coach, creator of her own MC Fit method, a proud mom, and a dog mom. She pretty much does it all while being fit and strong. Now, that is what I call a woman. What an example mm-hmm. to all the ladies and men out there. She has over 20 years of fitness experience, ranging from collegiate tennis player to competitive triathlete. Her belief is that there's an athlete in all of us. And when it comes to our health and wellness month, I couldn't agree more. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Oh, well, thank you. I am super excited to be here. Um, gosh, that makes me tired listening to <laughs> what you said about me. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I do all do all that. Oh my. You're, you're a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we start by telling our audience your background and how you got into the fitness world? So I got into fitness from my dad. Um, he immigrated here um, gosh, back in the early seventies. And he had wow. a love for tennis. He came from oh. Thailand and he, he was self-taught. He literally would go to the, the backboard, the racquetball courts every day and just hit the ball against the wall. Um, Amazing. I was the firstborn, So, you know, he was determined. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That I, that his firstborn would play tennis. Um, he was disappointed first of all, that I was not a boy. I'm but... sure. <laughs> He turned me into a tennis tennis player. So, you know, there was um, lots of ups and downs in that where it was like, you're playing tennis or else that's what you're doing. Um, So lots of years of like, you know, me just wanting to give it up because it was very stressful. But, you know, again, persevering and glad I I came into it. So that's how I became an athlete. I started playing tournaments when I was 10 years old and I played um, throughout my life and then ended up playing in college. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And how did you find your way into personal training? So different story. I, that was not the path that I, you know, had dreamt of doing. Um, I was a communications major in school and oh. I came out and I went into sales. I went into pharmaceutical sales. Um, mm. It wasn't until I had my, my, my child, Cider, who's now almost 16, um, wow. that I realized um, that it was a career path for me. Really at a default, um, he, when he was um, about one years old, um, I would try to work out. I've always worked out my, all my whole life and he would hate it. Like I would take him to the gym daycare and after 20 minutes, they'd be like, you need to come get him. He won't stop crying. Oh, and no. I'm like, oh, I just want to work out. So I found like a stroll, a mommy and me stroller class that local. And, um, I met the, you know, the guy that was coaching it and he's like, Hey, you know, I, I want to have an instructor to come fill in for me sometimes. And I'm like, sure, I'll do it. And I got from there, I got certified and I started my own thing. And I started calling I mean, all the other moms I knew. We get in these groups, bring our kids and it turned into a thing. And, wow. I, um, you know, um, gosh, she's 16 now. So 15 years later, you know, all the kids are grown up, but I'm still I'm still training some of the same women, actually. It's pretty wow. Cool. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's a great story. I love that. That's awesome. And Cider's a great name for a child, <laughs> by the way. I just have to put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wanted something unique and um that it's from that John Irving novel, Cider House Rules. Oh yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. But we also tested that. We're like, now batting first, cider cannon. So like, <laughs> <laughs> also <laughs> He can also have his own brewery if he wants to go that route as well, because like he's got a perfect this name for it. Yep. That is very, very true. <laughs> Lots of paths. Mm -hmm. Um, So I remember speaking to you a little bit off air when we were first chatting about this episode and how I um, came about on your to to see your profile on Instagram. But I just wanted to let all all our listeners know, um, 
we are speaking of technology we are in a in an era of social media and posting and all that stuff and i actually found michelle through a hashtag health and wellness um on instagram and you guys i'm not kidding when i say it took me an hour um and that's already saying a lot to see an asian woman who wasn't just showing her butt and in her (laughs) mid-20s which is totally fine you can show off your butt especially if you're in your mid-20s you should um (laughs) nothing wrong um but really like that said a lot that i just i was just you know going like scrolling down and it just I was like kind of shocked and appalled that, you know, in an age where um, there is a lot of access to, you know, classes and especially now the pandemic, um, that it took me a whole hour. So I I was really curious, um, what has been your experience as an Asian female personal trainer in an area where the largest ethnic group of personal trainers are very white? (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, for me professionally, I, I, I don't think it has been a disadvantage. Um, I don't think clients hire me because of my race. I think with, I mean, especially in San Gabriel Valley where I live, there's a Mm -hmm. huge Asian population. I do have clients of all race. 99% of them are women. I think what speaks to the most is if it's a woman that, you know, is a mom, probably around their same age group that's dealing with the same issues like hormonal stuff, balancing the kid life, balancing wanting to go out with friends and have a glass of wine. Like I can relate to all that. So I think that's the, the number one thing. But as far as like Asian female role models in the industry, I totally agree with you, Jacqueline. Like that is something that I feel there is a lack of. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I love following fit women, but rarely do I see someone out there that I feel like, gosh, looks like me. You know, there's Latino women, there's African-Americans and there's Caucasian and they all are amazing in their own right. And I'm just, I, I just never look like I can relate to that. I go, gosh, she has this kind of muscles or this kind of structure in her body, that's not me. Mm. So I, I do find that. I mean, in, in fact, after you told me that, I'm like, I'm so interested in seeing, you know, like <laughs> what your experience was in searching. And it was frustrating because um, I, you know, I, I follow this. Um, I like this magazine, this publication called Muscle and Fitness Hers. Yeah. It shows uh-huh. women with muscles that are big and they're doing, you know, hit and lifting heavy. Yeah. I love that stuff. And it listed the top 50 top female fitness influencers. 50. Not one, not one Asian woman. I was wow. shocked. Um, and, but every other race represented. Right. And, you know, I had to go and look up specifically Asian female fitness influencers. <laughs> and um, the ones that I found, yes, Jacqueline, they were right. They were like in their 20s, yeah. you know, like just, again, beautiful, strong, but nothing I could relate to or my demographic. Um, and the other one, I think the biggest one is probably Cassie Ho Blagalotti's. You may have heard of her. Yeah. She's got, you know, over a million followers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the other big one, they're, and they're, you know, very much yoga Pilates inspired. Yeah, is, yeah. You know, it's not my genre. So, you know, I started thinking like, why? And dug a little bit more and did more research, which I already knew this. Asian women in general, or the Asian population, um, compared to Caucasians, Latinas, and Blacks, we have less muscle mass. Mm. Um, even though we have low BMIs, like we'll come in and, you know, you think about it, right. We're, we're in general, like tinier, but we have three to 5% more on average body fat mass. Mm. What? Wow. Yeah. It's not fair. Uh, That's not fair. (laughs) Like that's what's happening to us. No wonder I can't get a six pack. (laughs) Exactly. Blame your race. (laughs) I, I mean, it's, it is. And then I, you know, I started just digging a little bit deeper 
And um, but like, for example, let's say Jacqueline, you and I um, were to put on 11 pounds. This, I don't know why this study came from the Harvard, this study from Harvard. We would be impacted, have a higher risk of getting diabetes, type 2 diabetes, than Alana. Whoa. 84% Whoa. higher Whoa. because we have a higher, we have less muscle, right? Muscle burn, okay. sugar, muscle burn, right? And we're smaller. So oh. I just thought that was so interesting. I thought, wow, you know, it's, there's, there is a different mindset when you, when you have to, when you think about Asian women in fitness and training totally and Asian in nutrition. And that's maybe why, like, I didn't see a lot of, you know, Asian role models in, you know, the muscle and fitness hers list mm. because we're not built that way to be strong. I mean, not saying there aren't Asian bodybuilders, there definitely are, but it's just, we're, we don't are genetically, we're not meant to look that way. It's yeah. Yeah. You know? Or, or if someone yeah. does or aspires to be, they might find it slightly more difficult to, mm-hmm. to get there or it, it's gonna, I don't know, take a lot more work, a lot more time, whatever. Yes. Yes. You guys That's can't see this at home, but Michelle's in amazing shape. So I understand what you're saying, Michelle, <laughs> but I also feel like you are raging against that narrative. And you're yes. like, hold up, wait a second. No. Do you see me, Michelle Cannon Fit? Check on it. <laughs> um, why do well, you- I don't have a six pack. I will tell you that. I will not show my butt off on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, why do you think people experience difficulty finding a personal trainer that fits them, especially those people that are new to the fitness world? I know that those two words, personal trainer, can strike fear or, or curiosity yeah. or nerves into people. Why do you think that is? You know, I, I think there's an intimidation factor, number one. Um, you know, I think with the media shows as personal trainer, you think about the biggest loser. It's like, you know, that sort of like boot camp, drill sergeant. Yeah. And it's you know, scary. That- not scary, yeah. you know, and, and, it, and it's, and it is, it's, it's admitting to yourself, first of all, I need help, mm. right? I need to make a change. I need someone else to help me, which is very hard. Right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's really, that's the stereotype, but personal trainers were, you know, sweet people. We know how to motivate in, in different ways. It's not all about, come on, give mm-hmm. me five more. It's, you know, really understanding how that person is motivated, um, intrinsically, extrinsically, all these different factors. You have to really get to know and make a connection, um, mm. with that person. So, yeah, I, I would say if you're out there looking for a personal trainer, get on the phone with them. Have a chat for 15 mm. minutes. You know, find out oh. about you know what their philosophy is on training. Do they have a family? Like I, I think you're you know you're gonna relate to that person that has a lifestyle that like you. You know, ah. I'm not gonna go to get out and tr- go out and be trained by a 25. Not that, that you know there's anything wrong. There's probably very knowledgeable people, but I just you know if they don't understand, they don't have kids. It's hard. Can I actually ask a follow-up question to that? Because you talked about um, uh, finding a trainer that has a similar philosophy of fitness as you do. Mm -hmm. If someone has like no idea what their fitness philosophy is, how can they figure that out before making contact so they're not wasting anyone's time? So interesting. So uh, a lot of what do you like to do to exercise? I'm a runner. Hardcore runner. I miss runner. marathon running and, and, and those sorts of um, activities, but I'm also a Pilates nut. Okay. I think the job of the trainer is to find something that their client could connect with mm. and, and loves to do, but get them out of their comfort zone slightly. Ah. Right. Mm. So, you, you know, I know you like running. I know you like Pilates. You didn't say anything about lifting weights. You're right. right? So <laughs> You're right. right. <laughs> We'll have a talk afterwards. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I love that. But um, so it's just 
right? Like, okay, I'm going to incorporate some, you know, something that, that I know is in your comfort zone that you're strong at mm -hmm. to make you feel confident. But I'm also going to challenge you and stretch you a little bit and get you out of that comfort zone because that's where actually the change mm -hmm. happens. You know, and but if you're telling me like every day, you know, if you're coming to my session, you're like, I freaking hate her. Like, I hate this. Like, whatever she's asking me to do, you're going to stop yeah, coming. For right? sure. I, I, it's yeah. just, I, I, the, the biggest factors of success is compliance, right? Like being being able to show up. So mm -hmm. Ooh, say that one um, more time, Michelle, for the people <laughs> in the back. <laughs> the biggest factors of success is compliance. Yeah. Right. Showing Beautiful. up, getting your butt in the door. Oh, so, yeah. And tell me about it. Wow, yeah. that's great. I really like that you said also, to, I would have never thought to just be like, hey, let me, let me, let me like call you up and like, like, it almost felt like Same. dating, like you'd want to like, you want to just be like, hey, let me hear your voice. Let me just kind of get a feel, you know, um, that was, that's really smart. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah you got to get a vibe. It is, you're kind of like, you kind of are, you're establishing a relationship with this person. Not only that, you're hiring this person, right? right? You're right. your health in their hands. So I wouldn't take that lightly. Yeah. at all yeah so you mentioned a little bit about this earlier um which i which i always think about as well um how much do you think race plays a part in choosing a trainer a trainer who like you said may understand how their body works how their body's built um and one who may not and just a side question are you mentioned that your your um clients are mostly a uh, female but also are they mostly asian since you are in that range i have all different races of clients um yeah, Caucasian, um, Latina clients. Yeah, so I can't say that they are. Um, and, you know, I did ask a few of them and they they didn't say that race played a, a factor into it. Um, you know, they, they, again, saying that, you know, you're relatable. I like mm. the way you motivate me. You're knowledgeable. Um, but I, I do find that with some of my, some Asian clients that I feel like a little bit more introverted Mm -hmm. um, and have grown up, grown up in a more traditional sense where their parents didn't really encourage working out this way growing yeah. up and, um, that I can relate to them on that level, mm. um, understanding, you know, like, um, you know, I have this one client who has been with me and has lost, you know, over 40 pounds and she's amazing and she's very quiet. Wow. I mean, that's, and, and I was really surprised when she, you know, wanted to continue the, I started with her, she was my nutrition client, first of all, and then she wanted to train more with me but just knowing that you know her, how her parents are like she she ran her first marathon last year which was amazing and they were just like so Ooh. scared and nervous and are you sure and so I I, I do feel like I, my parents are always like that with me too <laughs> I, I don't know maybe right. it's all parents but it just seems that um their their um perspective of a woman and fitness and diet it's, it doesn't align mm. necessarily with my lifestyle now, but it's right. interesting. Just um, so, yeah, culturally, I think it does help to to understand to to um, have that Asian background. But I wouldn't say it is a, a factor that ultimately drives the decision, at least for my clients in this mm. population. Yeah, I see. Yeah, and then speaking of culture, like culture, I feel like has can have a lot to do with the decision making or whether or not you how to go about that in the fitness world, especially because. We all know we eat differently and I grew up eating a ton of rice mm -hmm. and I'm sure some Italian girl ate, grew up eating a ton of pasta. Um, so how much do you think diet, you know, obviously being in nutrition affects the way our body is built? You know, um, do we have more fat because we eat more rice? Like now I'm thinking of all the stuff I've eaten growing up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly think that has something to do with it. You know, there's, um, they say, 
you know, nutrition is 75%, plays a 75% role of how your body composition is today. Exercise is 15. And what is it? The, the rest of it is, is your genetics. Um, mm. But there is something called epigenetics where you can override some of that stuff by changing yeah. um, your current habits. So mm. um, Asians, like I mentioned, they have, tend to have lower BMIs, um, higher percentage of body fat. And they tend to carry their weight sort of in that midsection, um, <laughs> which is which has a lot to do with eating the the high starchy noodles, the white rice, right? Um, if you're not burning off that that sugar, sugar. basically sugar, it's yeah. going to be collect near, near your liver, and that's your midsection. Mm. Um, and that's you know, if it's I, that's I, why I do think that plays a huge role. Yeah, that's why I feel like a lot of my, um, like my mom's generation, her her friends' parents, um, like a lot of them end up having diabetes and like getting diabetes and are like in danger. Like I remember, I think my mom went to the doctor um, a couple years ago and they said like, watch out, you know, like your your sugar, blood, like your levels of sugar are really high. Um, yeah, yeah. So because it's it happens high H one, you know that um, H one AC level. Um, I've, you know, it happens as prevalent in, um, that's pre-diabetes precursor, um, in Asians, um, mm. again, because of the diet and there's a lot of fruit, there's a lot of sugar and it's, and you think, oh my gosh, they eat so healthy and it's, and there's lots of veggies and, and but, but it's just high in carbohydrates. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to question my meals today. <laughs> um, <laughs> So growing up, I we talked about this a little bit earlier as well. I like zero exposure to Asian uh, fitness um, influencers, zero role models. My mom was definitely not fitness oriented in that level. Um, she did put me in a lot of sports, which I think helped me be very, um, you know, healthy in that sense. And I'm grateful for that. But she herself, like I never saw her doing like, you know, a bunch of like exercises and stuff. And so um a culture that doesn't emphasize physical activity nearly as much as, let's say, you know, academia um, or, you know, all that, all that like brainy mind stuff. Um, how do you how do you think um, it's influenced, you know, now, you know, that you see that there aren't many Asians in the in the fitness world? Um, you know, I, I, I agree. Like, I think our upbringing was to be a little bit more as females, I mean, I, I remember this is, I don't know why this sticks out in my head, but <laughs> we, we were watching a Laker game. I was in second grade and it was, I think by that, like they're in the playoffs that they were all the rage back then. And I, yeah. was, I remember like they, something great happened. I jumped out of my, my couch and I was jumping up and down, like, oh, like screaming. And my dad looked at me and was like, you don't do that. Oh. Sit down. Like, mm. I, I, and then that's always stuck with me. Like we weren't taught to be expressive with our bodies. Mm dancing, mm. all that stuff. We never got put into that. I mean, my dad was like, tennis is what you're going to do because I think it was more of like, uh, you know, a, a higher society mm. sport, right. more mm -hmm. classy, right? Like, yeah. piano, ten, like golf, things like that. Uh. Like, um, so we were really taught to be a certain way. Um, you know, sit with your legs crossed, you know, like just act like a lady, be quiet. Yeah. And um, being expressive and going into a gym, lifting weights, putting on short shorts or whatever, cheerleading, those things, you know, that wasn't approved of in my in my household at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I think I would imagine it's very same culturally and many, you know, um, women that you know grew up in an Asian household. Um, so, you know, I came into it later in my life. Right. right. So going to the gym and, and doing different things other than tennis. 
but um, I think that's it. Like we, you go to school, you study and heck, I mean, if I would have said, mom, dad, I want to be a fitness trainer. They don't like, Oh no. Like it, it, I, I could never say that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have a lot of friends who were very physically active in high school, you know, and pr- wanted to pursue some kind of sport, but they knew that it just wasn't worth it, air quotes or not sustainable, you know, and they chose many more different routes, like a doctor or a lawyer or engineer, something that was going to give them that sustainability, but something that they've always loved and had a passion for, which was sports. Mm-hmm. Um so it's interesting to, to observe that. Just between the three of us, Michelle, how did it feel when you gave up tennis? <laughs> like when you were like, I'm done, get this racket away. How did you feel? I just have to know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, I, you know, I wasn't allowed, um, quote unquote, quotes there, yeah. to stop playing until I was done Whoa. with college. Um, actually, wow. yeah, I was. I mean, I tried to quit several times because my relationship with my dad was awful growing up. He was he was the the tiger dad, the typical Asian militant. You don't win, you're in trouble. We're practicing for hours, uh, very much. So it, it put a big strain on our relationship. You know, I'm so grateful now that you know he's still around, and I could, you know, we still we're close now. And um, but it's it, I. It wasn't until I left the house and went away to college that I really loved the sport. I hated it so much. Oh, that's so fascinating. Yes. So um, it was when I was away from my parents and I could Mm -hmm. do it on my own that I had the freedom. Um, And then when college was over, I stopped and I started started running. I I started doing like half marathons, going, trying everything I could, like (laughs) classes. I I loved it. I embraced all of things like that in fitness. And and that was such a, a big awakening for me, realizing like, oh my gosh, no one's looking at my shoulder saying, you have to practice today. What can you do? This whole world opened up. Wow. And I do feel like that plays yeah. on us subconsciously. Like when someone's like, this is important. This is culturally relevant. Mm-hmm. You need to focus. I think there's just something in us, whether you're young, middle-aged or old, where that's like, okay, I don't tell me what's important and what I need to focus on. Like, let me figure that out for myself. And then it is interesting that when you are away from that force that's telling you focus, focus, you're like, oh, wait, this thing is actually cool because I'm deciding that it's cool and coming to that decision myself. Like, it's an autonomous choice. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, So you discovered, you sorry, you developed your very own special MC fit. Can you tell us how it was developed and how it works? Um, yes. So MC fit method is a 21 day program. I, um, developed it two years ago. It really want, I wanted to combine, um, fitness and nutrition into Mm -hmm. one package specifically for busy people, mostly moms. And Mm -hmm. it is a program that you can literally turn on and it's, you know, five days of, of workouts and a nutrition guide that you follow that really um, focuses on Ooh. smoothies. Smoothies is my thing. It's, I feel like it's the biggest hack of my life and I've been doing them every day for, I don't know, three or wow. four years now. Um, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yes, I'm a big um, believer in smoothies. I just, um, not Jamba right. Juice smoothies either. But anyway, that so this program, um, I just had a dream. I wanted to do it. And one day, you know, I kept thinking about it. And one day I talked to, you know, a, a person that was in the, big in the fitness industry. They're like, what's stopping you? I'm like, well, I need to write this business plan. I need to get all this stuff in place. It's like, you have the audience now. You have the skills now. You don't know when. So mm-hmm. I just launched it. And it was great. You know, I've had um, a couple hundred people go through the program. Um, it is 21 days, so it's short. But then usually people tend to, you know, go to other things. But basically, it's, you know, three days of strength mm-hmm. and hit workouts. And in between, you're doing a core and flow. So you get the recovery oh, and um, nutrition that's mm-hmm. paired with it. 
and with it you get a smoothie recipe book so there's 21 days of smoothies and so it's it's the whole package and um all the workouts are you know by about 30 minutes and oh, i great. just really wanted to prove to people that you know you don't have to work out three hours a day or kill yourself to achieve the fitness that you, you know. And it's 21 days. I think that's the amount of time to form a new habit, which I think is like a perfect length of time. Yes, it's pretty close to it. People sometimes repeat it. Yeah. And then I think what what happens is at least they're walking away with, you know, two to three solid habits that they can easily, you know, fall back on for the rest of their life. Yeah. And I'm all about like lasting results, sustainable. I don't want to put you in this program and like you're starving yourself. Right. Anyone can do that, right? Anyone can lose weight by depriving themselves <laughs> <Right>. of everything. <laughs> well, so. that's actually yeah. a great segue <laughs> into my next question. Do you have any advice to anyone listening who wants to be healthier? And don't hold anything back because you're obviously the person to ask. Okay, so I mean, healthier, it can be such a big blanket term, right? So I would say, first of all, you've got to set a goal. Right. If it's it, what does healthier mean to you? Does healthier mean that you want to move more? Does it want to mean you, you want to eat better? Right. It can be overwhelming. I think if you want to focus on nutrition, you pick a couple of things. Like, for example, I'm going to start with a healthier breakfast. You know, if you're starting mm. your morning off with, you know, a croissant. Bacon. Well, hey, you know what? Bacon's actually, oh. actually good, Jacqueline. Oh. So if you're starting off your morning, right? Yeah. I, I'm a big proponent of, um, of keeping the carbs really low okay. in the morning. Um, ah. yeah, it's, 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 a, it's another one of those hacks, but maybe you want to focus on having a healthier breakfast, right? So if you're going to Starbucks, you're grabbing their croissant, bacon, sandwich, egg sandwich or whatever, let's start with, you know, not going there. And maybe it starts with every other day. I don't go there, right? I, I stay um, home and I make myself, uh, you know, a, 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 a breakfast of eggs with bacon mm. and some avocado. Right. And, um, I, I'm all about like, not, like necessarily removing, mm. but replacing until you can eventually build those habits. Because like I said, right, if you're going, okay, I'm going to go cold turkey. That's it. I'm going to the gym five days a week. I'm going to work out an hour and I'm going to, you know, drink nothing but green juices. And you're not, you're <laughs> going to hate it. You're, you're not going to sustain yeah. that. Like it's just habits are built over time. And really to me, lasting results, right. That, that, that consistency, consistency mm. over perfection mm-hmm. um, is really how you get there. So one thing Great. at a time, identify what it is. I think a lot of times it's starting with, with your, your diet. That's, mm-hmm. that's a lot of what, what we struggle with. Consistency you know? over perfection. Mm-hmm. That needs to be your bumper sticker. Like you need to get that man. <laughs> I awesome. do have shirts. <laughs> yes. Right. I mean, so often we like beat ourselves up over stuff and we're just like, oh, forget it. I just yeah. ate that piece of pizza. Might as well just like. Eat the rest you know, of the pizza. Yes. So yeah. true. the rest of the pizza and then that ice cream and then hey you know bring it on yeah yeah um so many truth bombs are being dropped in this episode so good um so i know that the pandemic has hit the fitness world pretty hard um gyms are closed right they're still closed i don't know yeah at least in la county Yes. Um, everything has become virtual and there's, you know, so many things are now online. Um, how, what was your experience as a trainer during this pandemic? And do you think it's a possibility for new opportunities for the world to be more diverse now? Yes. Yes. 100%. Um, yeah, you know, I, the, the gym that I taught at closed, you had to pivot you know, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. as a trainer and I, you know, had some online experience. I, I filmed some digital content before and, and seeing everyone kind of coming out there, um, putting it, you know, some were good and some were bad. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, I don't want to be in that sure. bucket, you know? Oh no. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I just I, some celebrities are out there filming their workout videos. I'm like, are you even certified? You know, it's it's fun, yeah. but um, so yeah, lots is. I mean, I the the gym I work for a, a gym called Stride. It's a it's a treadmill studio here in Pasadena, and we went online. We just basically did Zoom, and I was happy to do that. Clients loved it. Um, I started training outside distanced outside, which I, which I've done my whole life. That's how I started kind of doing those stroller oh. classes outside. So it wasn't a big change for me. Um, but I also embraced, um, slowing down just, mm. um, you know, not having back-to-back clients, you know, it's five days a week and spending some time with my son and then, and then create, going to that to-do list of the things that I really wanted to accomplish in my career and learn and read. And so it was, it was a good time, um, for that and nutrition clients actually still wanted the help, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I was still doing a lot of counseling over the phone with people. I see. Well, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I know many people probably found like kind of found the beginning of the whole pandemic to be like slightly jarring. Right. But then mm-hmm. kind of realizing like what opened up for them. Um, like you had, had just mentioned, I'm sure it was also, it was also a good opportunity. Yeah. Just, I mean, having to really look like what is, what is important. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. was so sad, right. I love going to the gym mm-hmm. and lifting yeah. weights. And so yeah, what am I going to do now? And, and, and it just, it can be discouraging. And when you don't feel like there's an end in sight, I see where you can just lose motivation, you know, for a while I'm like, I do not want to look at another screen. Yep. I need to see people, you know, it's, <laughs> right. right. Like it's, so you just, you, you just have to take it one day at a time and, and know mm-hmm. that overall, you know, your health is a priority. And if you stop moving, everything else is just going to, you know, it's just yeah, start movement crumbling. is medicine for mm. sure, especially in these trying times. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that a lot. Can movement we get to know Michelle a little bit better away from the fitness? Can I, can I throw some rapid fire questions sure. out at you? We love to do this just so that our listeners can just oh get to know you a little bit better. So first question that comes to your mind, there's okay. no wrong answers. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bring it. What is Bring your favorite it. activity to do in quarantine? My favorite activity to do in quarantine, um, I would say Netflix <laughs> and chill. Yeah. Allowed myself to do that before, and oh my love gosh, it. I love that. The shows. I know favorite so many. Book. Yes. The Ooh, Life of Pi. I have not yet read it. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I've read that so many years ago and it just stayed with me to this day. Like I can mm. vividly remember. Do you like that book? So yes. Have you read Story it again <laughs> since the last time you read it? Are you one of those readers that can revisit a book at a different point in life? Um, I'll read okay. excerpts, but no. Okay. And I've seen the movie. <laughs> so, right. but it's, what have yes. you missed most in quarantine? I miss traveling. Sure. What's, mm. Yeah. We've had several, we've yeah. had several guests on that show all answer the same question. Yeah. That's ironic. What's the recipe you cannot yeah. stop making in quarantine? Oh my goodness. Okay. So the smoothies I told you, right? It's the oh, Snicker, right. Snicker doodle smoothie. It's my newest, oh. my latest. It's so good. So good. What, what's in it? Okay. There is almond milk, cashew butter, frozen cauliflower, quarter of a banana, greens, lots of cinnamon and vanilla protein powder. Uh, it sounds disgusting. It is so freaking good. Oh, it sounds delicious. <laughs> if you yes. wouldn't mind passing that so recipe good. along, we will put it in our show notes for any of our listeners who are trying to, yeah. to get into the smoothie game. We would love to have it. Yeah. Low sugar, high protein, everything you need. Good breakfast. <laughs> it's like dessert yeah. for breakfast, Start with breakfast, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds and, and the cauliflower isn't the fl- the cauliflower um 
the flavor isn't very overpowering, right? You but don't it gives taste you, it. You don't right, taste right. It. Yeah. It's like, I was thinking like my, one of my good friends, um, she loves snickerdoodles and she's like, I just want, and I'm like, okay, let me think about it. Cause you're thinking like a snickerdoodle cinnamony kind of chewy, like, are you want, like, and it's mm. just like, yeah, it's good. What is your go-to music during quarantine? Lately, oh. it has been Tom Petty. Huh. I don't know what it is. I, <laughs> yes. That yeah. song, Learning to Fly. Um, if you listen to the words, right? Learning to fly, but I don't, but I huh. ain't got wings. Coming down yeah. is the hardest thing. Like, I feel like we're all having to mm-hmm. learn to fly again. Like, have, yeah. right after this, like, it's, I just, I get the chills. I don't know. I, I've been listening okay. to that song on repeat. How can we wow. strengthen our feminism yeah. in quarantine? That is a good question. Um, you know what I think? Females have had to take on the role in this quarantine of the teacher, the cook, the janitor, the referee. What I mean, what else? Like the homemaker, if you're working too, having to balance all of that. And I think you got to make yourself a priority. Speak mm-hmm. out when you're feeling exhausted. You know, I mean, take the breaks. Like let people know that you're just not, you can't do everything. So find your tribe. Right? That's what I've really tried to do in this quarantine. Like have my solid girlfriends and it don't love be a little rest up. as resistance mm, self-care action i i can hear oh i love that yes what have you been wearing <laughs> yes. in quarantine what is your quarantine uniform <laughs> you know it's not much different <laughs> than my uniform before literally throw on a pair of athleta or lorna jane leggings or whatever at a workout top because I, mm. i'm going i'm either teaching zoom classes or i'm working out myself i mean it's just you know, since I moved. So you had a quarantine wardrobe. And it's it's great for lounging too. Uh, What was the last purchase that you made that really excited you? Okay. This is not that exciting, but it's called the 3D face bracket. Say more. (laughs) So, okay. Um, It's like, it looks like, um, like an oxygen mask. You put it on your face and you put your mask over it. And I swear to God, you guys, when you, cause you know, you have, you have to, people are running, you're working out, you can breathe ah. stuck up all in your nose and your mouth. Oh. And it's a game changer. My girlfriend told me about it and I went to Amazon 10 bucks for five of them. Can you get one? <laughs> so it just, it helps you. It helps the airflow go in the mask more. Yeah. So you don't, you know, like you, even when you talk like that mask, it's sucked up in your mouth and up your yeah. nose. And it's, I think it's originally meant to keep the oh. lipstick off your mask more for vanity <sighs> reasons, but people have discovered like, if you put it on, you just put your mask on top of it. So it sits, it mm. sits on your face. I don't know how, and it's just this piece, but can oh you gosh, say what it is one more changer. time? And can you see? Yeah. It's, it's, it's called like, the, it's called the 3d face bracket. I will share the link Please. with you when I share that sticker doodle. Um, you get on Amazon, you get five of them. They're just, that's a great tip. Bucks. Well, actually let's, let's wow. keep with this. What's your favorite that fitness is. hack? I feel like I have to just ask that. <laughs> Are you talking Anything about Anything you want out? to share? It could be food. Um, it could be fitness. Give us a good hack. We should all know. Okay. So really, I think the game changer has been for me is, to not eat a carb-heavy breakfast, nothing carb-heavy before 11 o'clock. This is about managing your blood sugar, girl. So let's say you have gone to sleep, right? You Mm -hmm. ate your dinner at 8 o'clock p.m. You wake up, and if you start your morning with something even healthy-ish like oatmeal and blueberries, right? Everyone thinks that's it's going to spike your blood sugar higher than normal. Anytime your blood sugar is spiked, you stop burning fat. Okay, It's switching to burning that blood sugar. So if you can hack that overnight fast, you know, then you're burning, you're become, you become metabolically more efficient. You're burning fat Hmm. longer. So, um, if you can do one thing is, you know, have 
obviously a, a high quality protein. I'm not saying eat bacon all the time, like I, you know, Jacqueline said, but like eggs, the, the protein smoothie, right? A, a Greek yogurt. Um, those kinds of things are, are, I mean, will really help you in the long run um, with energy, a steady state of energy versus having those high carbs and then crashing. And then again, wanting the carb oh. something and then crashing again, you're constantly yeah. chasing. Yeah, that that's, that's definitely me. I, like, I love, <laughs> I love carbs. Like that's, that's my weakness. <laughs> Everyone does. There's a reason, right? Like, yeah. Like Frito-Lay is a huge company. Yes. So that's all right. Uh-huh. And it's easy. I'm going to have to do that. I got I got to get my six pack. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to do with the fam and the adorable Easton? Oh. Which we which we saw a little bit. He's adorable. He was he's on your bed right now. <laughs> he's on my bed. Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice him up there. Look at he's looking up here. Easty. Oh, my Easton. Yes. He um oh yeah, so it's my family consists of Easton, my son and I. And, um, typically like, you know, I, my son plays baseball. So going to watch his games, Easton's always a fixture. He's a baseball Aww. dog, but I love, love going mm. to outdoors places like Mammoth and, and bringing my dog and going to the lakes and hiking and just anything outdoors. Thank you, Michelle. That was an yeah. awesome rapid fire. I oh, really, really enjoy that. and feel like I am much stronger <laughs> now and have like some work to do. Right. <laughs> Most importantly, for sure, absolutely. How can our listeners get in touch with you? How can we keep up with you? Anyone who wants to do MC Fit, how can they do it? We want all of the plugs. Oh gosh, thank you so much. Well, um, my website, Michelle Cannon Fit, will have um, information on the MC Fit method, and you can also sign up there. And of course, you can message me as well um, from there. And then my Instagram handle is at Michelle with one L underscore Canon with one N underscore. Thank you so much, Michelle. This was a really, really great interview. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so honored to be on with you guys. Thanks, Jacqueline and Alana. And that's our episode, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Black and Yellow Podcast. You can find us on iTunes. I mean, Apple Podcasts. Sorry. They're almost the same thing. (laughs) You actually can find us on iTunes too, I think. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on the gram at Black and Yellow Podcast. I am Jacqueline Chung Young on the gram. I am Alana Webster, but on the gram, they call me at Renegade of Fun. Uh, feel free to follow us on Spotify as well as Apple iTunes. And while you're on Apple iTunes, leave us a rate and review. It really helps to get the word out there about this podcast. If you want to be featured in our small business segment or you want to reach out to us with comments, suggestions, questions, just general love, uh, you can also email (laughs) us at podcastblackandyellow at gmail.com. And we will see you next week for a rocking new episode. We're talking about wellness and language. Ooh, la, 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 la. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.